Get ready to listen. Okay, next question. Get ready to listen. Block by block Chicago. Block by block Chicago. Block by block Chicago. Self-portrait? What is that? You are listening to Self-Portrait? What is that? A production of Block by Block and Lumpen Radio. Um, I'm Gloria, and this is George being our producer, and I'm here with our guests, Jen and Heather. Hi, Jen and Heather. So my first question for you guys is, why are you at the Portrait Center today? Such a great question to start with, because I just moved here to Chicago about five weeks ago. So it's really my first day exploring downtown, exploring the Loop, and my friend Jen, who's lived here quite a while, uh, thought that this would be a place I would love, and was raving about like, how many things happen in this space, and how many different reasons people use this space, and how vibrant it is, and you could just go in time, and there are new exhibitions, or new music, or that is awesome. You know, I've lived here in Chicago my whole life, and I recently started, you know, learning about the Cultural Center. And we, well, the kids interviewed someone earlier, and they mentioned that this was a library report. And honestly, I did not know that. So, you know, I've been here my whole life, so awesome that you are exploring the city. Um, but yeah, this was a library, and some of the books that they had here, they donated, donated them to the... Um, Carol Washington Library, so that was cool, fun fact <laughs> that I learned from our guest, um, but that's awesome, and so you've been in Chicago for a while now? For about five years. Five years, and yeah. you said five weeks. Five weeks, So yes. where did you live before? I lived in Rochester, New York. Oh, New York, cool, cool. And what about you, before your five years? I lived in Rochester, New York for a little bit, which is, Heather and I actually met in college, and then we happened to live in the same city for a little bit, and then I moved to L.A. Awesome. So, what do you like about Chicago since you've kind of been in different places and stuff in here as well? Is there anything you guys like about Chicago that you don't really find anywhere else? For me, definitely public transportation. Okay. It's the same thing. Yeah. And I like that Chicago is definitely a critical city and that so many people live in small horizontal areas. in Chicago from an outsider perspective what do you think about traffic I haven't been I've been all on foot 
so I miss, I don't miss using a car at all, and I haven't, I haven't really been in areas where there has been like a noticeable amount of traffic. Okay. Yeah, I have, I haven't seen that yet. So it's possible, except when I go to the airport and back. Okay, yeah. Sometimes like the highways will look like they're pretty crowded and I'm super happy to be on the subway. <laughs> nice. Yeah, I think that's the only thing I don't like about Chicago is the traffic. Okay, Although okay. I'm pretty sure that there's other areas like New York maybe has a lot of traffic, not yeah. sure. Um, but I do think that Chicago has a lot of traffic and it might be because I drive now, but I do like the bus and the train a lot better than driving so I can relate to you. So do you guys like to draw or anything? Do you guys have an artistic side, maybe music or? She's, she's a pretty well-known artist, I can show you. I make art, I wouldn't say the well-known part, but uh, yeah, I, I love making art, I've been making art for my whole life, I'd say. Um, about the past 15 years, I've been teaching art at the University of Rochester, so I teach painting and drawing and performance art. What art do you focus on, like your personal art, like what is it that you kind of like comfortable with and you know, you can go home and you're like, okay, this is... I can be free doing this thing. Yeah, it's a great question. The art that I focus on is usually thinking about social problems, social injustices, and then how can we imagine alternatives? How can we imagine, like, how can art play a role in healing the individuals and communities and nations and internationally? So, one of the painting series that I worked on is called Parables for a Compassionate Revolution. Oh, and it was, you saw it on the website? Um, and they were, I was imagining, like, so in our American history, we tend to remember the wars and, you know, the businesses and the CEOs and kind of these very grandiose moments of power, but what if we remember different stories? And so I created a fake history uh, all through images, all through paintings, um, stories that didn't really happen, like in one, a giraffe has fallen over, and all these women from this town are like coming in to try to help get the giraffe back up, and the giraffe might not get back up, but the idea would be like those moments of helping each other. Yeah, just, I'm not explaining this, but the paintings explain it better, <laughs> but in words. Different stories that like had those stories been important enough to us to remember them, they may have led us to a more compassionate culture now when we're more ready to help each other and not be with each other. Wow, that's beautiful. You know, I like to draw as well. Yeah. But what do you like to draw? Portraits. I okay. really enjoy drawing portraits, but I like doing once in a while like letters like graffiti and stuff but i think it's really interesting that you're talking about like um history and how we learn about our history and who chooses what we get to learn because one of the things that i learned recently um i just started doing radio through an organization where i used to paint murals with i still do in the summer only but i never thought about radio i never thought it was interesting to me because i would notice that they do a lot of research and they have to like really inform themselves about what they're going to talk about and I was like, oh no, drawing is more like free. I don't have to worry too much. But then I started realizing that it's really important. And Eliza here, she gave us a small workshop at the organization where I attend. And she mentioned that the power of like radio and 
podcasting, just like audio, is that we get to record our own history, like through yeah. our own voice. So I think it's lovely that you mentioned that, and I kind of connected that to what we're doing right now. We're yeah. recording our history, and I think that's so beautiful. Absolutely. <laughs> so that's another form of art, right? Like, we're stuff. She would be so proud of me right I now. I so I think it's pretty cool that we are here sharing that with the youth as well. Is there anything that you are involved with, like youth or anything related to that? I was in Rochester. Oh. I was teaching there and living there, but since I've come to Chicago, I'm not yet. I'm okay. sure I will at some point. That's awesome. Yeah. I mean, I think that empowering youth doesn't necessarily mean like having a workshop with them. It's just like, you know, even your family members, like how much you want to motivate them or just tell them that anything is possible, right? Like we were talking to another um, interviewee that was telling us that we should have no limits to our creativity. And I think that's awesome. Do you agree, George? Yes, I do. <laughs> Why? Just because you doesn't mean that you don't need help. Or get kind of the opposite. It means doesn't mean that you need help and that you need grown-ups. It just means that you're not. I mean, you, you do still need help sometimes, but it's also up to the grown-ups to kind of give you what you need. And that doesn't mean that you're like too young for things too. Yeah, I think so. Um, no, that's good. Yeah, guidance. It's not about control. It's about guiding. Yeah, it's that's really a great point too, George. And I would flip it also and say that adults need help from kids. True. Like just because you're an adult doesn't mean that, that you're you independent don't need and you don't need any kids. help from an adult. Exactly. And like kids have a type of wisdom that adults don't have. And kids have a different experience with the world that adults don't have access to. And so your voices are powerful, like we adults and aging people and elderly people, like we all need to hear we all need each other. voices. We yeah. definitely do. We definitely do. So beautiful. <laughs> so if you guys could um, change or bring something like off limits to Chicago for anybody, what would it be? Like anything that comes to mind. Personally, being an architecture now, I do wish looking back on my own childhood and knowing some of the kids in my own life, I do wish that we were better as a society to better able to integrate math, science, and art at an earlier age and give tools to kids to be able to design maybe even buildings at a younger age yeah. and into kind of that in a different way that you might be forced to in school. I'm so new here that I don't know if there's anything I would say I could bring without exactly knowing where I am yet. But that being said, not necessarily for Chicago, but I'm working on a series of paintings now uh, that are fictional devices intended to help us all get through these turbulent political years. So there's, yeah, <laughs> I'm trying, George. <laughs> Help me out here. <laughs> so there are earbuds that fact check speeches in real time. There are, what are some of the other ones? I am drawing a blank, but I'm still There's a voting portal that helps white people understand what people of color have always known. There are helium filled shoulder pads to lift that heavy feeling. There's a backpack for women in controlling relationships, fully equipped with a ladder, a bank account balance, and an alarm clock set for its time to get out. 
so there are, it's a whole series of devices, tools, machines, and mechanisms, not necessarily for Chicago, but that I just wish existed. Yeah, I, I, these are great, and I feel like, like you mentioned, not only people from Chicago can relate to this, but this is definitely something that anyone can really relate to. Um, I know why perspective. This is so awesome. I felt like when I saw the work, it, wow. it hit me in the way that I thought, I think I need these because I struggle with my family and listening to their little pill perspective that I don't agree with. Yeah, so which, which is? Which is maybe more conservative than mine. So I, some of uh, their conservative perspectives make me uncomfortable and I sometimes I think I need help trying to understand where they're coming from because it's not always a part of my world or, or the way I see the world. I, I feel a lot of growth. <laughs> that is so awesome. But I, I stand strong with what you mentioned with like um, maybe being more, taking more like children seriously with the tools that we provide for them because I do think that they're a lot more creative when they're younger and you know as they get older they start um, losing it a little bit I mean that's why we're adults we're only adults because we lose our little kid inside of us sometimes you know so I definitely think that that would be awesome for Chicago just like more resources and being like more serious about what the youth are learning in school and not just oh this is by the book you know but I think also your paintings that, like I mentioned, anyone can relate to that, and that's, that's awesome, trying to understand a perspective that you necessarily, you know, don't walk through, but I think it's really cool. I don't have any words. I, I You're so overwhelmed. Yes. Yeah, this so is good. Why do you like to do portraiture? And I'm only asking because I used to do a lot of photography portraiture, and sometimes portraiture can be difficult to do because of the way people see themselves mm -hmm. or because of the way they think you're perceiving them. So I first started with like um, portraits of animals, and just for the fact that um, I would make them kind of abstract, so I would put colors everywhere, and then I started focusing on my own face. So I think it's really interesting that you mentioned that because I have paintings of portraits I've done on myself, and over the years, I noticed that I've changed how I look at myself, right? And I haven't been able to paint one recently, but I mean, I look at them and I'm like, I don't even look like that anymore, you know? Or I can't believe I thought I used to look like that, you know? So I think it's really interesting. And I don't know, I, I feel like also drawing a face kind of reminds me of how similar we all are. You know, we have eyes right. in the same place, you know, nose. And I also, um, there was like some an article I read that related to like portraits in a way that you know like our faces are kind of different from like our left and our right are different. Um, and I noticed that people who have, or in the article according to the article, people that have like a more symmetrical face were like this is more even. Like they're both pretty even. They're considered like more beautiful and compared to someone that doesn't have like an even side on both sides. And I thought it was interesting like the placement of our eyes or our nose like to another person can define if we're beautiful or not or whatever but we're really all the same right like it doesn't really matter I don't know I, I really enjoy drawing portraits though to be honest thank you so much thank, thank you, you. Thank you.
Thank you for listening to Self-Portrait, What Is That? This audio piece was created during the series Conversations, conducted in the Learning Lab at the Chicago Cultural Center. Audio produced and distributed by Block by Block, Blumpin Radio, and Youth Participants. This program, including workshop, broadcast, and podcast, was supported by a year of creative youth microgram from Chicago's Department of Cultural Affairs and Special Events.